You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So today um, we're going to be continuing on with this back to basics um, theme that's been taking place. And essentially um, this is going to be probably the last uh, one in this series, um, unless of course Tyler decides there's something else that he wants to share on in Back to Basics, but uh, basically this is this is the end. And so far, we have covered uh, a number of topics, spending time with Jesus, we've uh, talked about the Word, we've talked about Holy Spirit, we've talked about prayer, last week uh, Chris talked about community, and uh, and so today we are going to wrap up the series on uh, on basics uh, with one last area. And... Uh, and so the book of Acts is is the birthplace of the early church. Nothing new there, probably for most of you. Um, but if one wants to see what happened uh, or what happens to the believers after Christ's death and resurrection and his uh, ascension into heaven, um, this is the place to start. Because Acts is jam-packed with so much great stuff uh, for us to look at so we know how to live this life that Christ has called us to live. And uh, it is it is in many ways the basics of Christianity is this book of Acts. And uh, all of the basics that we have been talking about up to this point now are, are really in there in some way or another, right? And so, um, you know, this morning it's not possible to cover every single one of these aspects again. Uh, and it's not possible to cover all that God is doing in the book of Acts. But something we see over and over again are phrases like this. And Mark's going to put them up on the, on the uh, blackboard here. Back to basics. So we're talking about blackboards. And uh, I'm not going to read all through all of them because there's actually two, two slides. But... Um, Basically, in Acts 2, in Acts 5, in Acts 6, in, 9, in Acts 9, Acts 11, 16, and in 19, what we see is this, this common phrase of the Lord added to their number daily, or there was an increase, or the word of God kept spreading, or uh, a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And you can go to the next slide. Like there's, uh, and they were increasing. And in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. And so we see that, that, that God was doing some incredible things through the believers in the early church. And, uh, and we see also that this, this, um, I guess essentially this happened because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Acts 2. Um, but it was also because of another reason why this was happening. And so if we were to take a step back for a second, um, our last words really matter, don't they? You know, I was, uh, you know, if someone has passed away or if you know someone that is going to be passing away, we're keen on their final words, aren't we? And, uh, you know, I think many times you hear somebody say, if, if somebody did pass away, it's like, my last words to them were, and sometimes if it's something negative, it's like, oh, it just, you just, 
it just hurts so bad, right? But our, so our last words are really, really important. And so, you know, hopefully it's not just the last words that we hang on to. Hopefully we're able to hang on to that individual's life, uh, especially if it's, if it's been a positive experience for us. But, um, but last words are huge. And Jesus, he had some important last words, didn't he? And, uh, I was thinking about it. Jesus had an advantage. Um, he knew that he was going to die. Uh, unlike us, we know that any given moment we could pass. But Jesus, he knew what the deal was. He knew what was going to happen. And in a sense, he obviously prepared and was ready and made sure this, this one statement was really loud and clear to the disciples. For us, we don't know. But we do still need to make sure that our last words are really important. And, you know, the question I have for us is, what would, what would you say? What would you say if you knew your time on earth was about to be over? What would be your last words to whoever that might be that you would be speaking with? Or maybe just as important, what do you say or do daily with those that you interact with? And I know for me, I consciously make an effort to say something that leaves a good taste in someone's mouth so that if it's my last moment of seeing them, there's this amazing thing that they remember. Not necessarily me, perhaps, but that they would remember the words that I shared with them. And I know with my kids, it's like um, I daily make sure that I say, you know, I love you. Um, I daily make sure that I, you know, encourage them, say, you got this today. You can do this. Whatever that is that's going on. I would make sure that I would maybe pray with them or I would say, you know, you matter today. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're, you know, we say all of these different things. And, um, you know, sometimes I may even give them a directional word, something that I really hope that they hang on to. And so we, we want to give people these, these last words because I think they're really important. And so Jesus's last words, um, were, we're from Matthew 28, 19 to 20. And uh, up on the screen, it reads, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so these uh, words gave the followers of Christ, they gave them uh, three things, and maybe more, but things that I was thinking about was assurance and purpose, and it gave them hope right off the bat. It's like there was this assurance that we're not doing this on our own strength. We see that in the book of Acts because of the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. They were operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, and so they were not alone in what they were doing. They were not doing it in their own strength. Um, we see that the purpose was we know what God has called us to. It was just so clear. This is something that needs to be a basic in your life, right? It was so clear. And then lastly, it's hope. It's this, we know he is always with us. I mean, and that one, I mean, maybe uh, sort of trumps them all. That reality that I know that no matter what's going on, when I step outside of these four walls of this building or whatever it is that I'm doing throughout the week, he's with me. I mean, I love that, that reality. Um, and what we see is that these words and this text uh, were lived out through the followers 
of, uh, through the followers in Acts. And so adding to this list of back to basics is we see this reality of sharing our faith. And, uh, I waited to now to kind of say this, uh, this sharing our faith. Um, because sometimes it's not necessarily seen as a basic. Sometimes it's like, well, that's maybe not for me, that's for others. But really what we see in the book of Acts is, and back to basics as we've been talking about, we see this whole idea of, again, spending time with Jesus. We see this uh, prayer. We see Holy Spirit. We see all of these, you know, community. We see all of these aspects taking place in the early church. But we also see that right alongside of that, not more important than, not less important than, but just equal to all of these things is sharing our faith. But very often as believers, we kind of pick and choose some of the basics, like maybe prayer, that one, it's a bit inconvenient because I like to really make sure I'm fully ready and I got to do all this stuff uh, before I go to work and I don't have time for prayer. Uh, and man, sharing my faith, I don't know, dude, that's not really my thing, right? And so we pick and choose the things that we sort of like. Community? Yeah, community's awesome. I'm in for community. We can go hang out at the pub. We can hang out at life group. We can, you know, it's, it's way more relaxed and chill, but there's other elements that are like, I don't know about that, right? But they're all these really important things. And, you know, obviously I'm gonna, I'm jumping, gonna jump around a little bit today, not just with the book of Acts, but in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20, it says, and he was committed uh, sorry, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. I mean, I love that line. So God is making his appeal through us. It's like this beautiful partnership that he's called us to. It's like, yeah, God can do it on his own, but God chooses to partner with us. He wants to make this appeal to others through our lives. And so, so in the lead up to this verse is, is about walking out of darkness and walking into this new glorious life in Christ. You are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so the bottom line is that this, um, this whole idea is, is about, um, is about us as followers of Christ. We become ambassadors of Christ. We, uh, become God's primary way for um, for him to to make his appeal, his love to humanity, and so yes, the many um, that are coming to Christ in Acts is by the work of the Holy Spirit, but this work is activated by ordinary people doing life with others. At the end of the day, that's what takes place, and so this whole element of go into the world wasn't an option. It wasn't a suggestion. It's not something that's for the select few. It isn't for when you feel like it, right? It's, uh, it isn't for the paid, you know, those that are here on a Sunday morning that, that receive a paycheck for doing this, right? It's not necessary. And it's not for the qualified, right? Um, the go is this green light for all that have chosen to be followers of Christ. The moment that you come to a place where you've accepted Christ into your heart. There's this, there's this call on your life to share your faith with others. And, um, 
we are called and all qualified in Christ to do this. And, you know, I was thinking really briefly about even um, Carrie recently, uh, Carrie and Doug, and I just think about how she, she came to this place of accepting Christ, and we didn't have to tell her what to do in so many ways. We didn't have to sort of like, you know, some people may look at the church and go, they're indoctrinating you with all this sort of stuff. And so we didn't have to do any of that. She experienced God, and then she just lived her life with the Holy Spirit working through her and has been an example to so many people. And it's been a beautiful thing to see how someone comes to Christ and they just, uh, and they, people see something is different about this individual. And, um, and so again, she, I don't even know if she read this Matthew 28, go into all the world. It's like the Holy Spirit just got a hold of her and she began to be that, uh, that, ambassador essentially making appeal to others of who Christ is. And so this, this, um, how we, I guess, go is going to differ for everybody. But the reality is, is it's for everyone. And this go means that you're it. Not the other guy, not the person sitting next to you, but you, you're it. You're the one that is to go. And so I was reading again, this is sort of a probably very common to many of you. The intention for the church was never to be about a lone pastor who ministers to a group of people. Though, there's an element of that, right? There's Ephesians 4 where it talks about pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers and, and, uh, and, uh, the other one. And, um, and, and, uh, and how they are to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, right? And, uh, apostles? <laughs> prophets? Um, anyhow. Yeah, so they, they, so there is this, there is this role of, of pastors to be equipping the saints for the ministry. But at the end of the day, it is, it's to be about a group of people ministering to the world. That's, that's what it's about. And so we are all ministers. We all have a role to play. And we are often the only reflection of Jesus that a dark world will ever see. And again, at the end of the day, it's like, I spend a lot of time in this building. I mean, I guess the building in Brighton as well. But it's like, but you guys spend a significant, amount of time just rubbing shoulders with people that that Tyler and I and and some of the staff of the church will never rub shoulders with but you you will be rubbing shoulders with those people and so you are Christ to those people and uh it's I think gone are the days though we still want you to encourage and bring people to church but I think gone are the days of you know if you really want to um encounter God, you need to come to church. I think we can bring Jesus to people and that encounter can happen right there, wherever that might be. Now, hear my heart. We still want to see the church full and thriving and a lot of great and exciting things happening here. But it's about us going and meeting people where they're at. And so, um, so the goal, the goal looks different for each, each of us and how we live out our faith, um, so how do, I guess, so the question is, how do we live out our faith? How do we, um, how do we share our faith today? So the first thing, um, I thought that's really important to remember is that only God can change a heart. Only God can change a heart. So when it comes to sharing our faith, we often experience many different feelings. And, uh, and generally, there are things like fear, panic, anxiety, maybe pressure, 
right? These are some of the things that we feel. That's why when it comes to the basics and we talk about sharing our faith, we go, I'd rather um, stick to some of the other ones as opposed to this one in particular. And so, you know, I've, I've experienced these feelings and I still experience these feelings that sort of like, ah, oh, I feel the Lord saying I need to say something here or do something or act in a certain way or whatever it might be. And you feel a lot of the, a lot of these different feelings. And, um, and, I, and these feelings are often because we take on, I believe, certain aspects that God never intended for us to carry. It's like, how many times have I thought to myself, I have the ability to change somebody's heart or, or felt like I'm the one that needs to, to change this person's heart. And the reality is that we just cannot do that. So when we carry that pressure that it's up to us, it's like we carry something that God has never called us to carry. And so, um, when I was, um, you know, pastoring, unchurched and churched kids over the years, um, I quickly learned that trying to convince in the sense of forcing, because I believe there's an element in the scriptures where it talks about being prepared in season and out of season to give an account of your faith. And, and it's like, so there may be elements of convincing people of what you believe, but I mean forcing. I mean you trying to be Holy Spirit and change the heart, right? So there, there was a time when I was pastoring youth and, and different things like that where I would feel like I had to convince them to follow Jesus. Um, and, uh, and, and what I found was that I began to carry what I was not meant to carry. I began to begin to sort of operate from this wrong place that God never intended me to operate from. And so I discovered that I must still be faithful because this isn't your cop-out, right? It's not, okay, well, I can't make it happen, so I can just step back and chill. No, we still are to engage in people's lives. However, you know, and we must be faithful, but ultimately we have to remember that we have to trust God to just do his part, right? That's that's the key. And so, you know, um, the one scripture that I, I didn't read but was up there, but basically I I can plant and I, I can even water, but the rest is up to God. We all play our parts, but the rest, the ultimately the growth happens. Um, God makes the growth happen. So it's important for us to, to remind ourselves regularly that yes, we have a part, uh, we participate with God, but that, um, but that it's, it's only God that can change a heart. And, and, uh, up here I wrote as well, we have a responsibility to share our faith, but we don't have the responsibility to change a heart. It's like, again, it's, 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 it's so important for us to recognize that, that we are God's way to, to, God is making his appeal through us. And so we have this responsibility, but we don't have to change hearts. And so um, I think when we live from this place, we will not shy away from sharing our faith, but we'll welcome opportunities because it takes the pressure off. Now, is it still challenging to stand out in the crowd? Absolutely. Is it still challenging to sort of go against the grain, against the cultural norms? 100%. But when, but when you are able to come to a place where you're like, I just got to... I just gotta live for Christ and do my part and, uh, and he, he'll take care of the rest. Then it's a lot more freeing. So the second thing, uh, that I think is important when it comes to sharing our faith is be you. Be you. So, so I had this neighbor once upon a time, a few years back, 
And uh, his name was Steve. So over a course of time, um, they moved into a house a couple doors down from us. And so uh, we just kind of connected with, with them. And uh, so we were, we were chit-chatting one day and he told me his name. And so for the next probably month or so, I was like, hey, Randy, we should get together one day. Notice his name was Steve. Hey, Randy, we should get together and like hang out. He's like, sure, yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. So there was a few different scenarios. One, we, we were doing like an American football uh, game at the church and, and invited a bunch of people to it. And it was just kind of this outreach thing. And, and uh, so I was introducing him to everybody's Randy. And, uh, and, then, and then one day we had them over for like dinner. And then one day they had us over for dinner and just different things like that. And, uh, and so time went on. I mean, such a patient guy. And uh, so time went on, and I, uh, I was like, I can't remember. I think he was just over that way a little bit, and I was on my front porch. And uh, I was like, hey, Randy, how's it going? You know, because he was just getting ready for work or whatever. He's like, oh, pretty good. I'm like, what are you doing later? Maybe we get together. He's like, uh, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, yeah, Randy, um, like Tuesday works for me. And he's like, Julian, just so you know, <laughs> my name's Steve. And it was just like that moment where you're like, no way, you're, you're a Randy. Like that's, you know, some people, they just look like they're, that's not meant to be their name. Well, that was the case. And he knows his name was Steve and not Randy. But I remember that moment. And uh, it was a great moment. It was a funny moment. Um, and he, he obviously forgave me, patient guy. But, you know, in Ephesians 2.10, we're uh, just under the second heading of BU, it says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I just, it's like, in moments like that, I remember, I'm your workmanship. You said it. I'm your workmanship. It's in the scriptures. So, you know, my shortcomings, I'm your workmanship. And in my, like, bad memory times, I'm your workmanship. And I just found that it was so important when it came in my life, when it came to sharing my faith or just, uh, you know, being a follower of Christ, just the importance of just accepting me for me and being okay with that. And hear me, if, if my wife was in the room this morning, she would, she would be saying like, that is not an easy thing for me to do. It's like, I'm, I'm the quickest to sort of beat myself up. I'm the quickest to be hard on myself. I'm the quickest to say you did this, that, and the other wrong, right? But I just, if, as much as I can, I just remind God, I'm your workmanship. And, uh, and, and obviously, um, I'm in for the process and I'm into you doing what you need to do through my life, but I'm going to be me. And, um, one, one, one other time I was, uh, and I was living in a small community of 400 people and they had um, like a volunteer fire brigade. And so um, over the years, I've kind of um, done aspects of that in different communities that I've lived in because it's just a great way to get to know a group of people that you may not normally get to know. And so, um, so one day there was this one lady that she also worked for the ambulance crew and uh, she had a mouth on her like it was something else. And, uh, but every time I was around... Um, she, she would start off saying whatever it might be. And she, oh, sorry, Julian. Oh, and she'd be like, I shouldn't, you know, and maybe it was a conviction of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. 
But that didn't really matter to me. I said to her one day, I said, you know, why don't you just be you and I'll be me and I think things will be really way more comfortable. And she's like, okay. And it was amazing how me just, I think so often when you're in a community, especially a small community of like 400 people, and people figure out that you're the pastor, so you therefore you're religious and you're like next to God and you know all of these things that aren't true, but it's just this perception that people have. And so all of a sudden, it just creates this awkward dynamic. If you're a Christian and you just say, you're a Christian, go to church and you're hanging out with them, it's it's different. But when you say you're a pastor, it's like, oh. And so, um, in all honesty, lots of times I'll try not to say that I'm a pastor. I'll say I'm a follower of Christ, but I'll try not to say that. Anyways, in this particular case, it just made things a lot simpler. And it just, it just kind of like broke the ice to just, let's just do life and see what happens. And it really, I think in that moment, I gained a lot of respect from her, um, just to be, just being real and not trying to put on this front that I'm anything more or less than anybody else in that sort of atmosphere. So anyways, it was really great. And she happened to be my next door neighbor as well. And, um, and so from that time on, it really bridged this gap of like, oh, you're actually normal. Right? Like, you're not this weirdo uh, that believes something that just, in her opinion, seemed absolutely ridiculous. So be you. And, you know, I think we, we need to regularly um, lay down areas of our lives where God is developing, right? It's not just like, because one of my pet peeves is when somebody says, well, this is just the way God made me, so I'm just, just that's it. And it's like, man, this is so not like God's character. <laughs> Right there, so there's an element of you still need to lay our lives down. We still need to allow God to develop us so we become more like Him. But just be you. And, um, and you know, make no mistake, God wants you to be you. He just wants you to be you. He wants you to just live this life that He's called you to live. And, uh, again, as it says at the, the latter part of Ephesians 2.10, which God has prepared in advance, you're exactly the right person for those that you come into contact with and those that you will come into contact with. You're the right person to be connecting with those people because God's prepared so many things in advance and we don't always know what they're going to look like or how they're going to unfold, but God's, you know, called you for a purpose to be where you're planted, to be in your neighborhood, to be in your community, whatever it might be. God's put you there for a reason and so he wants you to be you and not somebody else. I used to teach um, these grade eight students um about like peer pressure and different things like that. And I said, the one thing I hate about peer pressure is that essentially it's trying to get you to become like somebody else, right? And it's like, God doesn't want us to be somebody else. He wants us to be the person that he's created you to be. And so, um, yeah. Third thing, carrying on is um, be real. So 2 Timothy 1, 5, a part of 5 and a part of 8, it says... I have been reminded of your sincere faith, so do not be ashamed to testify about the Lord. And, uh, you know, we know all, you know, not all people want to hear about our faith. But I think worse than this is when people see an inconsistency in our lives. When it's like people know a fake when they see one, right? It's like they can, they can tell when you know, that you're just not being real. And uh, I really believe that today people are really attracted to a genuine faith. 
I mean, I'm a believer. And when I see somebody like in a sense, trying to be something that they're not, or, you know, and I, I understand there's a dynamic of like, um, walking in the, the calling and the purposes that God's called you to. But then there's an element of just like putting on a show and it's like, oh, I'm just not into that. And, uh, so I just love this, this element of being, of being real. And, you know, in this particular case, I have been reminded of your sincere faith. And so, um, so I just really believe that, that people are into people that are, that are real. Um, that people are into people that admit when they don't have all the answers, right? Um, I really think that, um, someone who is okay with not having it all together and, uh, but looks wholeheartedly to the one that does have it all together. I think there's such a great testimony in going, things are messy right now in my life, but I'm trusting in the one that I believe has it all under control. It's like, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to keep hanging on to this anchor in my life because that's where you're going to begin to bleed out this peace and this, this element of just, um, just, I guess, more peace. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, we had these neighbors across the street. Um, so I've talked a lot about my neighbors and, uh, but in this particular case, we, it was a small, it was a small community that was just developing. And so as the houses got built, you sort of like, oh, there's a new house. Hey, let's meet the new people. And, uh, even though I do take, um, I'm very keen on getting to know people around me in the neighborhood that I'm in, um, physically. But this person across the street, they were really great people. And, uh, and so I began to just, again, befriend them and just chat with them and stuff like that. And over time, we just started getting to know them a little bit more. And to make a long story short, their house actually caught on fire one night. And it's like they knew uh, that our pl- we were there. And so they kind of, we made sure that we opened up our garage and, and they came over and we obviously phoned the, the um, fire brigade. And, and over, over the next little while, we just, as a family, really made a priority of helping this family. And we talked, we brought the church involved in, in helping this family. And, and we just did some really, really practical things. And, and, and leading up to even that time, but even in this moment and then later on, it was like they began to ask us questions about, like, we know you have faith. We know what you believe. Um, but then they started wanting to ask more, like, what's your church like? And, and they just started asking all of these different questions because we were just really real with them. You know, sometimes we were over with them and just kind of hanging out and talking about nothing. And other times we talked about things that were maybe a little bit more deep. And now we're Facebook friends. So, I mean, it's just like, it's super real. No, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, we just made a real point of like journeying with them and, uh, and just, I guess at the end of the day, we really earned, we earned their trust. We, I guess we were, we, we were just really consistent with them. We, we just recognized that doing life with people is really where it's at and, and just allowing Christ to rub off on people. And, um, we were consistent. And along with all of this, it was, it was about, um, I guess allowing people to see that there was something different about us, not to sort of showboat it, but to live in such a way that people were like, what's the deal with you? And, and, and in a, again, in a positive, in a positive way, because if you, if they're like, what's the deal with you? And it's like weird. That's not good. So, um, anyways, um, you know, and again, this doesn't mean that we have to have it all together, but it does mean 
that we are known uh, to be those that stay close to the one that has it all together. And so, um, you know, this morning I've been talking about sharing our faith. But I was going to title my message this morning, but we already had this back to basics thing. But I was thinking about it, and, and, and hopefully it doesn't go the wrong way. But I was thinking about titling it, Stop Sharing Your Faith. And by that, I mean, sometimes I think it's less about sharing our faith and more about just being Christ. And again, I think when I say that, I think, oh, that so takes the pressure off. It's like, I just need to be Jesus. Now, I'm not Jesus. I, I'm far from being Jesus, but I just need to, to be him, to, to, to just, in a sense, uh, be a clone of him as much as I can to invite Holy Spirit to, to, to take on all of these basics that God's called us to take on and to be Jesus to those people that we come in contact with. And so just to simply be Jesus. And so, um, you know, I've just found that most people are less attracted to a building and more attracted to Jesus. I mean, if you, if you talk to tons of young people these days, and maybe even, uh, even those that are in their 40s and 50s now, maybe, they're, they're attracted to this guy, Jesus. They think he's an all right guy. But church and the building and those sorts of things, it's like, eh, I could take it or leave it, you know? And, um, and again, I truly believe there is a place for the local church. I think it's so, it's so vital. And I think it's so important. And yet, at the same time, I think people are less attracted to a building and more attracted to Jesus. So let's be the church. And, and in that, people will discover Jesus. And, and so let's be Jesus. You know, the first, the last like long time, cause I've way over time, um, about sharing our faith, maybe forget about all that and just be Jesus. And, and I really think that as you embrace that reality in your life and as you embrace that sort of idea, I think, I think you'll feel way less pressure and you'll just want to walk in this whole idea of letting Jesus be known through your life. Yeah? Okay. Well, that's cool. And, uh, you know, I was thinking finally and, and, and maybe, do we want to sing a song this morning? One last, one last song. That's what we do here. Uh, okay, cool. Dave, why don't you come on up? But, uh, you know, Acts is a great book, and uh, Acts is a great book, and you know, it ends on Acts 28, but the reality is that, that it wasn't meant to stop there, right? And maybe you guys have heard before, like there's different discipleship programs called Acts 29, and the whole idea of that is that we're to continue what God started through the early church. And, and maybe you're here this morning thinking, well, that's a no-brainer, right? But I believe God wants us to be an Acts 29 church, that we just carry on with what God called the early church to do. And that we take on all of these, these, these back-to-basics, that we really embrace them and go, these are not negotiables. These are not suggestions. These are not options. These are not for the select few. They're not for my neighbor, but they're for me. 
I'm to be a person of prayer. I'm to be a person that shares my faith, that actually is just being Jesus. I'm, I'm to be that person that allows the Holy Spirit to flow through my life. I need to be a part of community. I need to, to, to take time to prayer, to pray. And, you know, I was thinking, uh, the other day when one young lady shared on prayer and she's like, yeah, I walk down the street and just talk on my phone, but I'm actually praying. I thought, that's so brilliant. I gotta do that more often in Brighton because otherwise you look kind of strange. And, uh, talking to yourself but we need to be that Acts 29 church and uh, and so this morning that's my challenge my encouragement for you to be Jesus in our communities in, in and around the people that we um, do life with why don't we stand together thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.